0: Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today, Karen. As usual, we are advertising our Evening with Medium events coming up in 2019. The dates are April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. Tickets are already on sale at the website by sarlo.com. While you're at the website, we
1: have coffee mugs for sale for $15 that have the logos Coffee with the Sardles and Sips of Sanity on them. So if you want to get up in the morning or whenever you're listening to the show, if you'd like to drink out of the mug with us, you're more than welcome to do that.
0: We have gift certificates available at any denomination. They can be sent and received anywhere in the world as our sessions are done via Skype, FaceTime and telephone if you can't be with us in person. And lastly, we
1: have Sips of Sanity podcast series. It's found at the same website by sarlo.com. It's a 10-minute show. There are five shows the first week of each month. We pick a theme. We try to build an intuitive and emotionally intelligent toolkit for you. So if you're lacking in that area or you're just wanting new or
0: more skills, head on over and listen. Wonderful. So what we are continuing to do today is carry on the theme of heartwarming stories for the month of December. Yeah. And again, I've picked medium. And I don't know how come Kelly, but it just seems to be so far medium stories. Okay, yes. But wait, we actually have an exciting announcement before we get into today's show in case you're one of those listeners that doesn't listen right till the end. We've decided that we want
1: to join you on Christmas morning. So if you enjoy listening to the show, and you'd like to wake up on December twenty fifth and have a cup of coffee or tea with us, We're going to give you
0: one extra show this year where you can sit down and listen on Christmas Day. So we'll put that one out nice and early around 5 a.m. as the rest of our Coffee with the Sarlows go out. You can find it on buysarlow.com or you can find it on any of your podcast apps that you use for your devices. Wonderful.
1: So heading right into today's show, Kelly, um, it's another medium story, as I said, and it has to do with a woman named Katira. So Katira comes to see me, but I'm going to call her Kat for short. Um, She comes to see me because she wants to connect with someone who's crossed over. But when she first sits down in the chair, Kelly, she doesn't say anything. She just says it's an open session, that she's not looking for anything in particular. And her dad, who's crossed over, comes in and he says, no, it's not. No, it's not open. It's not anything like that, Karen. She's come in here to hear from me. And when I feel the amount of energy this soul is emanating towards me. I can't freaking wait to meet her dad and to talk to her. So he just walks in with so much love, so much honesty, integrity. It's like he's just a bubble of, oh, I don't even know how to describe this, lightness. And I, and I mean it in the sense of a bright light, but I also mean it in the sense of when somebody tries to tell the truth in life, that there's just a lightness to their energy, because they're not having to fabricate lies. Kelly, he sparkles. It's the best way that I can describe his energy is that he's just sparkly. So I begin the session with Kat and I said, I'm being told that it's not actually an open session in regards to that you're open to anything. You're here saying you're open because you were guided to say that by other people, but you're actually here because you want your dad and that's all you want. (laughs) And she said, yes, that's true. But I was told to say open so that he could come through. I I would do the same thing if you died. I get that. I understand that
0: people have that idea, Kelly, that they have to be open and to come open. Yeah, because I think there are some people who really understand that one person channeled through medium can bring you the medical intuitive information, can bring you psychic future, can walk you into your past lives. So there is an importance of of conveying your openness to all of the modalities, even if you really do just want one person to do it all for you. That's a different way of looking at it. That that's fantastic, and that's a good way to word
1: that actually.
0: Yeah, because I think o- an open session can mean two different things, and neither one of them has to be bad. Mm-hmm. So I described his energy to
1: her. I As said, sparkles. <laughs> "Oh God, yeah." I said, "Cat, I'm so excited to channel your dad for you because he's full of love." And she goes, "Mm-hmm." And I said, "He valued being genuine." He tried his hardest to be able to be there for her while he was alive. So he did cute little things, Kelly, like she would pull into the driveway on a wintry day. And he would have just told his wife that he was going to the grocery store to pick things up. And she would pull in and he would put all his stuff away. He'd run into the back room and take his coat and boots off. That's adorable. And so when she came in, She would say like, hey, Dad, how are you doing? And he'd be like, oh, Kat, I'm good, sweetheart. So you're here for a visit. I'll put the kettle on. And he'd go put the kettle on. And his wife would walk up to Kat and say, he had his coat and boots on. He was just heading out the door, Kat. He stayed for you. And she'd say, hey, Dad, if you're going to the grocery store, feel free to go. I don't want to stop you in what you're doing today. No,
0: no, no, sweetheart. No, I wasn't going anywhere. Okay, so for anyone who like on the spectrum values genuineness can look at that and be like, well, no, but the genuineness from the desire to spend their time in a quality fashion to honor the relationships, to be genuine to the love that's in between the two of them. Absolutely. So he would put aside whatever was in his day because it could
1: be a little bit late to go to the grocery store. He would sit there and make sure that he listened to whatever Kat had to say. And he really valued being the listener. If she asked for advice, he'd say, well, what do you think? He'd ask her back. Or he would just ask her some questions. And he tried to make the questions smart. Sometimes he would even correct himself and say, that wasn't a good question. I can do better than that.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: (laughs) I can do better than that, Kat. Just give me a second. I'll come up with a better question for you. And he loved to be able to finally find the right question where he could see she was working through something. So he valued the way that he could contribute to her life, but without being controlling. Isn't that lovely? He figured a way to do it. He figured a gorgeous way to be able to parent an adult. I I think that's lovely right there. He pulled out a post-it note for me. He put it in front of me and said, here, read this to her. And I said, okay. So I said, Kat, I've got a post-it note. And she goes, yeah, (laughs) just like this, Kelly. Yeah, (laughs) go on. That sounds exactly like my father. What color is the post-it note? (laughs) And I said, well, this one's green. And she says, yes, keep going. He had color coded post-it notes for different things. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So if it was a grocery list, it would have been yellow. If it was a to-do list, it would be green. So on his green post-it note was his to-do list. And on it was Love Cat. That's that's great. (laughs) And then there were other little things like groceries. Tell the truth. I just, I loved his list. He said I want to give you a list on the post-it notes now and it's going to be on a purple post-it because she hasn't seen this one before so on this purple post-it note were all the things about him and he had written down loved nature loved walking and hiking loved putting around the house loved running errands for my wife loved coming in the door and pecking my wife on the cheek grabbing her butt that cute yeah this was a really like his list was so funny because you could see his humor in the list but she would laugh and giggle and Kat would say that is so my dad he was so affectionate with my mom he'd come up behind her and he'd squeeze her he'd put his arms around her and grab her boobs and then make her just to make her laugh he said it wasn't it wasn't like a groping mean aggressive thing it wasn't unkind it was playful it was playful it was like I still love her I find her attractive there was just so many lovely things about his character but he went on in a list to say that he was around her children that she had a son and I think she had a daughter as well but anyway I around her children and then he stopped and there was a great big in caps know the truth and it was like, know the truth. And he goes, that's what this whole session is going to be about. And I'm like, okay, pique my curiosity. I said, "Cat, your dad wants to say that he knows the truth. And she said, okay, you go right ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm going to listen. Do you mind if I get the box of Kleenex? And I said, no, you go right ahead and get it. If you need it, you you go for it. But I want you to understand that sitting here, that if you need to cry and you feel shame over anything, that it's just going to be your shame because it's not going to be me shaming you.
0: And it's not going to be your dad shaming you. I hope everyone hears that message if they're coming for a session or if they've come and then never come back. Oh, good. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, because it's never, it's never our opinion. Rarely do we even have a memory for what we've heard in the sessions. It's always just about being able to know what the truth is so that you can do better going forward.
1: Yeah, so I asked Kat for permission just to sit and take some time because I needed to understand what he meant by know the truth on the purple post-it note. So she said no problem. I just sat and stared out looking at the nice beautiful snow falling and he started to talk a lot and said, I'm going to give you little anecdotes. I'm going to show you things on a TV screen where I got to sit down when I crossed over, and I got to watch my daughter's life. And I said, okay. He says, I'm going to show you a screen. You're going to tell her what you see on the screen. And I want her to know that I got to see it too. I said, well, I do that all the time. Kelly and I do this every single session. So I know exactly what you're going to do. Start. And so he sits beside me. He puts a TV screen in front. And the first thing that I can see is that when she first gets married, that she's very much in love with her husband, and that they get along, that there's good talking between the two of them, that they seem to be on the same page for a lot of things in life. They both want kids, blah, blah, blah. So there's a little bit of this, I'll say at the beginning of the show, where things are good. So he says, see, I saw that. And I'm like, okay. So I described that to her. Then the second screen pops up and he goes, watch. And I get to see how things slowly start to change, where she's trying to talk to her husband, but he gets distracted. He prefers to watch TV. He prefers, and I say prefers, he prefers to find other things instead of engaging with her. So it's slow, but there's an intention in it. And he says to me, do you see the shift in his intention? And I said, I do. He goes, I want you to point that out now. And I said, okay. So I repeated that and then continued. And she looked at me and just shook her head. Yes, she's quiet, but she's giving an affirmation. So on I go to the second screen. And in the second screen, I get to see where her husband purposely does things and then makes her question herself. So now he's starting to go from not just disengaged, but to actual lying to actual withholding the truth from her. Where somehow he thinks sliding that bar ever so slightly, he thinks is a slight shift. And her dad says, I want you to tell her I saw that. I said, okay. So again, I said, your dad wants you to know he saw that. And she looked at me, makes eye contact with me, Kelly. And it's like she's trying to figure out what does this mean? On to the next screen. Her dad and I are watching where he incorporates the children in all of this, where he can pull them into the triangle by saying something to her, something different to the children, so that the children now are angry with their mom because she's saying no, but he said they could. And her dad says, I want you to know that I saw that too. So I said, Okay, and I repeated, and on and on and on it went. And so finally, and I'm going to say, Kelly, that there were probably maybe 10 of these incidences, where you get to see the shift over two decades of a marriage, where his behavior, he thinks shifts ever so slightly where he's getting away with everything. So he has all of these beliefs over time that he's okay to continue this type of relationship, constantly, slowly escalating things, consistently. Her dad says to me, tell her I saw it, tell her I see this, and I am always instructed to repeat what he's showing me and to say he witnessed it. When he stopped showing me the TV screens it was still going on. It was still persisting. So he turned to me in the room and he said, I want you to tell her that I know that she left him and that she's currently in a position of just leaving and just trying to go through the legal process. I said, okay. So I said, your dad is saying that you're separated recently and that you haven't gone through the legal process yet. And she said, yeah. She says, that's right. And I, she says, what else does he want to say about that? So I said, you know, to him, what, what else do you want to say? He says, well, I want her to know more than anything that I saw every single thing. I want her to know that I witnessed all of the behavior, that she's not crazy, that she's not wrong, that when she believes that he purposely destroyed their marriage, she's correct. I watched her try to fix. I watched her try to figure out. I watched her go to therapy trying to solve the problems for the two of them on her own. I watched when he would come right back in after she'd been from therapy where he tried to twist even what the therapist was trying to do to help them. He says, I want my daughter to see and to know that I love her. That I support how hard she worked to do all of these things for herself, for him, for the family, but that that is never enough. And that she deserves more than that. And it is not what I raised her to want for herself in this life, or what I raised for her to want for her own children. He says, so I'm happy and I'm supporting her. And I said, okay, what does that mean? He goes, well, she's scared right now. And she wants to get the right lawyer. Not 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 someone who's going to tear her partner apart, but someone who's going to fight well for what she deserves and what her children deserve. And I said, okay. He says, so I'm going to help her try and find those people that she actually can be supported. But she's counting on me, Karen, because I was always there. I was always the one. And she thinks I'm gone now. She thinks because I've died. That I bailed on her. So she feels like her spouse has bailed and I've bailed at the same time. And I'm standing up today to say I may be dead, but
0: I haven't bailed. Still showing up. Yeah. I like that. I might be dead, but I haven't bailed. Yeah.
1: I love that. And he wanted to continue to work on their relationship. He did not want it to be the end. He was determined to say that I can still be of service. I can still partner you. I can still parent you. It's going to change. It's going to shift. But if you're open, can you see it? Can you feel it? So he said to me, this is the beginning of the session. And I said, what do you mean? We've been doing this for a few minutes now. He goes, no, I want this to be the beginning. He goes, can you please ask her if we can have a beginning? So I sat down, I said, Kat, your dad wants to know if you're up for a beginning with him. He says, that's got to look a lot different than what you've had with him in the past. But he's asking for a shot at a beginning with you, kind of like a first date. And she said, yeah, okay, Karen, you're gonna have to help me because I don't know how this is going to look. And he said, well, then we're going to create things together. We're going to create a system. We're going to create ways where she still knows that I'm around. And that she can test it to make sure that she feels safe with it until she trusts her gut. So we use some of the other senses like sight, cues, affirmations, until she just trusts her gut. And he says, but it's a good thing. Because what happened by the time she was ready to leave this man, she had started to trust her gut instead of seeing things, hearing things. And using the other senses only. So she he says somehow her experience that she's gone through with this marriage and this beginning of a divorce is going to suit our purpose together for her future. So dad says, you know, Karen, that little bugger, and he's referring to her husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, you know, that little bugger found out, discovered that she valued what he said. More than what he did. And because of that, he could get away with murder. He could do things that were wrong. He could do things that had no integrity. As long as he came back and used words. And he figured out that the words, I'm sorry, covered a whole lot of shit. And because she was stuck on just the words in the relationship, he could say things like, Oh, sorry about that. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Or he could say, I love you. um, I'm, Any kind of way to mix those things together. Or you did. I didn't say that. And he kind of went on and he would give her a list. I heard. I made notes. I know the things that he said to you so that you stayed for what was said. Instead of following your gut or following what you actually felt in the relationship. And we sat there and we created a list for her. He said, I'd like her to have the list, Karen. So I asked her if she wanted the list and Kat said yes. So we sat there and we literally wrote down the things she stayed for. The words. I'll do better. I can't afford therapy. You go. You come back and you tell me what the therapist is telling us to do. He wasn't going to actually do it. But saying you go and come back and tell me gave her enough I'll say enough faith in him to go to therapy and try. So she did all of these things. And he pointed out, I saw Kat go to therapy on her own. I saw her reading the books. Since I've died, I've watched all those things that she went and did. And I want her to know that I'm proud that she did so much work. And it is all for good. Because now she needs to take all of the things that she learned in therapy, and reading all of those books, and be single. Not go get another partner, eh, Kel?
0: Be single. I want to point out that they can be proud of you for doing all this work after you got out of the relationship. That you don't have to do it when you're in it. That it it isn't a situation where you can sit there and go, well, I didn't try hard enough. You can get the tools after you've left. And know that they're never going to accept what you learn. They're never going to incorporate what you learn. That it really is about your journey and what you want to cultivate.
1: Hmm. That's that's really good. I'm glad that you're saying that and pointing it out. Because it's the opposite of what she's been doing.
0: Yes, but because some people might hear this, be in a very similar situation to Kat and think, okay, I'll stay for Mm -hmm. six months more and read six books. Right. You don't need to do that. If you know it's done, you feel it get out. Yeah. And commit to doing the work one way or the other.
1: hmm
0: hmm So she's done her work in the marriage and he's trying to say,
1: babe, love you. Love the fact that you did choose to stay, but at least you worked while you were in that shithole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are his words, not mine. I'm saying them word for word. So we're having a little giggle. Cat, dad and I, we're having a little laugh i'll say because now we're in a state of being comfortable because it's over and he's trying to say to her that he has seen all of these things the husband's behavior his intention by the way so he talks about his intention that it was never there to create couple it was never there to create family so she's there working for the state of a couple or the state of a family the things that she values or believes in and thinks that he does too so as he's talking to her about where she is now she says did you did you actually say karen that dad says i have to stay single and she's got
0: this look on her face like ah shit he might be right about all of the others but could we just could we just go back to that one yeah And that's where, as you
1: know, some people, as long as the information is what they want to hear, they're happy with it. But as soon as dad says something she doesn't want to hear, it's like, "Mm, could dad be wrong about this? Mm -hmm. He's not a human. So no, he's not wrong. A human dad could or could not be. But a dead dad, he's right. So he encourages her. To be single Kelly, and he says, "Honey, work. Just work on who you are, which means learn more. stay focused. Stay focused on what your own purpose is instead of on the focus of keeping a family together. What is your own purpose? If it is to identify why you people pleased, then figure that out before you think that you're in the right place to go forward and start another relationship because you're not. So calm down and take your time. Enjoy the process of getting to know who you are first and changing some things about yourself so that when a person comes around, there isn't a state of anxiety and butterflies to meet somebody, but that you're calmer, that you're grounded, that you're more rooted in who you are. So as someone comes along, if they're the right person, great, you can slow down and take your time. If they're the wrong person, you're confident enough to say, no, thank you. This is a far cry from the dad who saw her go into her first marriage. And so she's sitting there with a stunned look on her face going, Are you sure this is my dad? And I'm like, yeah, he says that at the beginning of life, way back when you were in your 20s, he wanted you to get married. He didn't even really have to like the guy so much. He thought that marriage was working things through, working something out. He had this belief that his daughter should get married and be taken care of, even though you had a job, even though, even though you're a
0: modern person. It sounds so boring. Yeah, I know. I know too, for a lot of people, marriage is a bar for success. Yeah. They think, well, my daughter is successful because she's married or my son is successful because he's married.
1: Mm hmm. Well, you hear that sometimes when you say to someone you haven't seen in decades, you know, how are you? And they say, oh, I'm good. I got married and I had two kids. And my kids are married and I've got grandkids.
0: Not my definition, but okay.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying. Yes. That is how some people answer that question as to, hey, how are you? Or I haven't seen you in four decades. What have you been up to? And they go straight into, I got married. I got divorced. I had kids. Instead of... I birthed a
0: business. Yeah. I planted a garden. (laughs) Yeah. I took down my Christmas decorations. (laughs) (laughs) I learned how to work out and take
1: care of myself. I learned how to be sincere and have integrity and friendships. We don't talk about those things. And I think what he's trying to say to her in all this period of time is, these are the things that I valued way back 20 some years ago. I'm trying to sit here today and say, yes, I'm not the same dad. I've watched what you went through. I've learned from it. And I understand that I contributed to it. So I'm here to say, I'm sorry, I did. And she said, what do you mean he contributed to it? And he responded with, well, As I aged, I came more and more into my integrity, more and more into wanting to be a genuine person. But way back, I was more of a people pleaser. I was more of somebody who taught you to do the same thing. And that's why you kept staying. That's why you kept reading book after book, therapist after therapist. You were people pleasing. I'm trying to say today that I'm sorry that that's one of the tools that I gave you. Being genuine should have been a better tool. Dad was telling her that she needed time alone to learn, to care, to practice, just to be, to breathe, to play, investigate, and to be an observer of others and her own behaviors, her own anxiety, her own thoughts, and her own thought patterns. This was a beautiful little message that turned her whole session Because as soon as she heard that list, she sat back in the chair. Everything in the room shifted. It's almost like the snow just started to change how it fell. I just don't even know how to explain when something shifts. Well, you know, you understand it. It's just something in the energy in that moment when you can accept something and your anxiety literally disappears into the energy. Because you have totally shifted the way that you think about yourself, the way Kat thought about her dad, and the way that she was learning to think about her marriage. So instead of feeling angry and hurt about it, she was sitting back going, okay, I made some mistakes too then. This isn't all on him. And I can learn from my mistakes and I can do better the next time.
0: I think humility is certainly a requirement for genuineness. Mm -hmm. Something he was learning, eh? Well, now it sounds like both of them. Yeah. That she can sit back and say, okay, I must have made some mistakes too then. Yeah. And Kelly, like, this is a dad that's died. Well, how many times have we said that you can have and often do have a better relationship with someone once they've passed because the truth is finally sitting in the relationship? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And because he bothers to sit in that room with her and acknowledge all of those things in that process with her, she actually is able to let go of something. She's able to switch a mindset with her
0: dad. Well, okay, I'm going to get on with semantics here. You said that he bothered to sit in that room with her. And from what I've seen, the souls always bother to sit in the room with you. Yep, It's the humans that need to bother to sit in the room with them and give voice to the people on the other side mm-hmm. to be good listeners so mm-hmm. that they can still have a voice-
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's the only way your relationship continues with someone when they're on the other
1: side.-hmm I love it because she came to listen he She didn't ask a whole lot of questions. Kat really let her dad guide that session. Because I think she was really hearing Kelly how excited he was since he crossed over to learn more. To be able to sit down and share with his daughter. Hey, this is what I learned about you since I've died. This is what I've learned about me. And there's still an us.
0: Oh. oh, I like that.
1: Mm-hmm. By the way, Kel, that is exactly how he spoke to her. When I say it that way. Those were the ways that he used words that I could hear to relay to Kat. He also said that she hadn't been there when he passed. And that she had been around him for years before he died because he had been sick for many years. And at the end, when it got worse, even at that, it was probably two years prior, probably another five. So we're looking at a total of around seven years of being sick for this person. And at the very end, when he dies, the day he dies, she had been at the house, she had been there. But she actually went back home to do something and thought she could get back to see him before he passed. And she didn't. He died when she was going back and forth. And so he said, look, I understand that she's upset that she wasn't there when I passed. He says, but I want her to know this. I want her to know that her love was evident everywhere in my universe. Long silence. I'm being quiet on purpose because that's exactly what we had in the session was just a terrifically long silence. Again, just sitting looking out the window. These big gorgeous windows in the treatment room and just watching the snow fall together and I think so very clearly we both knew he was in the room and could just feel it and were not rushed to fill the silence there was no ticking of the clock so to speak for her in hurry up and tell me more she we just sat there to feel it and then that silence was broken by a question Which surprised me, but here it it comes from Kat. How come I can't feel him around me? My brother feels him around me all the time. And since he's died, I can't feel my dad. I can't see. I don't get any signs. My brother gets a crow all the time. He loves it. He sees the crow. He talks to the crow. He totally believes. And he's happy. And I feel angry and sad that I'm not connecting with my dad. And... (laughs) Her dad said to me, well, son of a bugger, Karen. He says, I don't even understand how she could ask me something as stupid as that.
0: So there are such things as stupid questions.
1: (laughs) Apparently. I said, okay, what's your answer? And at that point, Kelly, I don't want to go into my head as to what I think the answer should be. Yeah. He says to me, well, for the love of God, he says, I'm a crow he acknowledges the crow. It's easy because he acknowledges it. He talks to me. I talk back. He goes, every time I give my daughter a sign, she looks at it and goes, that's dad. And then dismisses it two seconds later. And she wants the next sign. She's exhausting me. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, is that true that you keep getting signs that you keep getting certain things? And then you dismiss it because you think the dragonfly is too common. You think the butterfly is too popular. You think the crow is TV shit and that crows, you know, are supposed to scare you because that's what TV says. Do you think if you get a bunch of birds that that's like another TV movie or show? Do you think that if you get a presence in the house that you should be scared? Do you think that if he turns on technology and turns it off that you're freaked out and you run out of the house? And she goes... And Karen, did you just give me that list randomly? And I said, no. No.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she goes, because that would be the list of all of the things that I've done.
0: Here's your post-it.
1: Yeah. So he said, well, for the love of God, sweetheart, when you are ready to accept it, we'll have a relationship. And until then, I will keep trying. I won't stop as much as this might be, quote unquote, exhausting me. I will never stop trying. But be aware that if you keep dismissing them, you won't see them anymore. And if you don't acknowledge even that little bit, then is it any wonder that when I try and stand right beside you and fill you with love and remind you that I'm here, bring a thought into your mind that it's me that you dismiss that too. So he invited her to change her mindset. He said, it's all up to you. So this might be a good time to say to everybody that three times during her session, I tried to put the music on. And that every time in the treatment room, I walked across the room to turn the music on, it played. And that when I went back and sat down, the music shut off. And I'd get right back up again, I'd go over and turn it on, I'd go back and sit down, and it would shut back off again. And I'm not playing with a remote. So she said, is that my dad? Is he trying to make a point? And I said, I don't know. You figure this one out. I'm not going to help you this time. It's happened three times. And he's just pointed that out to you. You're going to have to think for yourself. This isn't something I have to work at. It's something you do.
0: Yeah, or feel for yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, Kelly, when you say it's something she has to feel for herself, it's something that she allowed to be taken away from her in the marriage. And this is where the dad's trying to say, sweetheart, you want another partner, and you're not even willing to receive anything yet. It takes time given that you were with a man who wouldn't give anything to you emotionally. It's okay to take the time to practice with other people before you throw yourself back into that kind of relationship again. So they were at a beginning. I love this session because it's a beginning. And I got to be part of it with Kat and her dad. It's one hour, but it's it's a pretty fantastic hour. It's a pretty amazing thing to see somebody who's struggling with some beliefs and patterns sit and start to switch some of them by choice. And I'm super glad, Kelly, that it was her dad who's crossed over that still showed up to have that kind of impact in her life. When quite often when someone dies, we think their impact has ended.
0: Well, I'm proud of you. Oh, Thank for you. being the vessel of that impact.
1: Thank you. I yeah, appreciate because that. I
0: know for certain after all of these years that you can sit and be present for them and they don't have to do a single thing with it, but that you still choose to sit and that when you write down your notes and you create these podcasts for everyone, that you're at least receiving the impact of all of these messages. Oh, yeah.
1: I love sitting in the treatment room or in the house by myself, remembering as much as I can, Um, different people's stories. And I think because of the memory and because of the channeling, they're always pieced, or there's, there's just tiny little spots that come in. But sometimes a person will come in a a dead person, I want to be clear, uh, a dead person will come in while I'm just sitting in the living room by myself or knitting or in the kitchen cooking. And when they show up, as you know, I love to listen to them. And I love to hear and sometimes they come in just to say thank you. Um, my daughter over in Nova Scotia is doing a little bit better today. <laughs> my daughter in Romania is doing a little bit better today. Thank you. And it's just like, yeah, that's good. And sometimes I'll say to them, hey, could you stay? I haven't danced today. I'm looking for a partner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cute. I like that. It's the truth. It's the truth. I know. Yeah. Thank you. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at com. And just another reminder, we've got a special extra show coming for you on Christmas morning.